welcome to the Coast Fi Podcast, Episode 5. I'm your host, Andrew Skagerberg, the Coast Fi Guy, and today I want to talk about the different options available once you hit your Coast Fi number. And in other words, imagine you've just hit your Coast Fi number. What options do you have? What changes should you make, if any? And really, this is an exciting milestone for anyone pursuing fire, as it means you've achieved a level of financial security and freedom that many people only dream of having. But what do you do once you get there? If you've hit Coast Fi, should you change anything? That's what we'll be exploring today. And really, I think there are three distinct paths available to you when you reach Coast Fi, and we'll go through each one in detail. But before we hop in, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, please consider leaving a five-star review for the show. That way it'll show your podcast player you're enjoying the content in the hopes that it will find its way to more listeners. Okay, so let's dive in. To tee it up, you're on the path to fire. You've just hit your Coast Fine number. Now what do you do? Here are three options to consider. Option number one, keep doing what you're doing. So the first option when you reach Coast Fi is really the path of least resistance. Just keep doing what you're doing, continue working the same way, saving the same way, and spending the same way. And I think this is a really popular option for a couple of reasons. I mean, first, it allows you to accumulate even more wealth and reach financial independence sooner. And second, it's frictionless. It's the default path that you're already on, so it's the easiest choice to continue. You've already got that momentum and that inertia pulling you in that direction, so it's kind of a natural progression to just keep doing exactly what you've been doing. Um, and frankly, I think this is a really great option for anybody that loves the work they're doing in the amount that they're doing it. If that's the case, I really don't know why you'd change it up. Why not continue saving and investing to achieve financial independence even quicker or amass more wealth? As the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But what if it is broken? I think there are definitely some situations where continuing down the same path is a poor fit. Like if you don't enjoy the work you're doing or the amount you're doing it, if you're experiencing burnout and questioning if you can continue at this pace, or if there's something unique about the present moment that you'll miss out on. For me, I always think about young kids at home or aging parents with only a few good years left. Whatever it is for you, if there's something unique about the present moment then it might make sense to not keep doing what you're doing and working in the same amount that you have been. Um, and, and really, I think it comes down to this, is that reaching Coast Fi, this Coast Fi milestone, it doesn't mean you have to make any changes to your lifestyle, but it does mean you have the option to. And just because continuing on the same trajectory will be the easiest path to continue does not mean that's necessarily the option you should go with. I mean, after all, the whole reason you've gotten to this milestone is because you're choosing to be intentional about how you live your life. So why not continue that same level 
of intentionality by evaluating all the different options you have available, which naturally brings us to the second option. So option number two, you've just hit your Coast 5 milestone, you can downshift your work. Now this means you can either reduce your hours or change your job to one that's more fulfilling or enjoyable, even if it pays less money. This option allows you to have more control over your time and enjoy the benefits of financial independence sooner, even if you haven't reached full financial independence yet. Or if you're a dual income household, maybe you go down to a single income household and one of you pursues other interests. Now, this is the option I went with when reaching Coast Fi back in August of 2020. And for me and my family, it's been one of the best decisions we've ever made. And really, I think the advantage of this option is it allows you to enjoy the benefits of financial independence sooner, even if you haven't reached your FIRE number yet. It allows you to pursue more fulfilling work and interests, which can significantly improve your quality of life, both for you individually and your family as a whole. Now for us, we realized that we only needed about 20% of our FIRE number to start coasting which means we were able to tap into a ton of the benefits of FIRE decades before even achieving it. I like to call this the easy button on the path to FIRE, and I think it can be a really great option for a lot of people. Now for me, that meant trading in my 60 hour a week job for a career as a self-employed freelance writer and remote financial planner. That allows me to create an incredibly flexible and unique schedule so I can spend more time doing things I love with the people I love, all while covering my living expenses. And really, I think this is a great option for anyone that's experiencing burnout on their path to fire and is wondering how much longer they can continue this same pace, or anyone who doesn't love the work they're doing and dreams of doing something else, even if it means doing the exact same work they're doing but on a schedule they can control, because sometimes that makes all the difference in the world. Or I think this is great for, again, anyone who has something uniquely valuable about the present moment in their lives. If you've got young kids at home, you are well aware that they will not be at home forever. Eventually they will be grown and gone, and you'll miss those years where you had so much time with them. Or if you've got aging parents and you want to be able to spend more time with them in kind of their last few good years. Or if there's some travel opportunity or unique adventure or something that's only available now at the age you're at. And on the other hand, this could be a bad fit if you love the lifestyle and the path you're on right now and you really have no desire to change it. Now, the tricky thing with this second option is it's going to require a lot of effort, planning, and maybe a bit of a leap of faith on your part. Now, as I reflect back on my situation when I found out about Coast Fire, it was almost bittersweet. It was bitter in the sense that now that I knew there was an alternative option to the path that I was on, I almost felt like Fire lost some of its appeal. Like once I saw Coast Fire, I couldn't unsee it and just go back to what I was doing, um, saving and, and working towards fire. 
but it was sweet in the fact that it offered me an opportunity to completely redesign the life I was living and then really lean into a lot of the benefits of fire now, not decades from now. And ultimately, this led my wife and I to a series of conversations. Um, what would we do with this new Coast Fi knowledge? Should we just continue with our plan as is, focusing on a high income, a high savings rate, and reaching fire as quickly as possible? Or should we switch it up and lean into freedom and flexibility now? And to use an analogy, it was like we took all of the puzzle pieces of our current plan apart, put them back in the box, dumped them back on the table, and explored what it would be like to rearrange them into a new puzzle, a new plan that incorporated Coast Fi. And in the end, we landed on the plan to downshift my work even though that meant taking close to a 50% pay cut in the beginning, but since we had been saving close to 50% of our income before, we were now and we were savings optional with CoastFi, we had the opportunity to make that work. And it was definitely a leap of faith. I mean, imagine me at 29 years old, I'm making more money than I've ever made with a wife who's a stay-at-home mom, a brand new baby, and a mortgage. Imagine me deciding to walk away from that in exchange for freelance work and seasonal tax prep. Talk about a gut check. But the thing is, we had been diligently saving and investing all these years. We had cash in the bank, and we had backup plans for our backup plans. I knew full well that if everything went to hell, the absolute worst case scenario is I end up right back where I was working my tail off and earning a high income. So what do we have to lose? And that's the power, I think, of knowing your numbers and really being realistic about things, not letting fear and emotions steer the ship. If I had let fear and emotions steer the ship, I would have been too terrified to make this leap, terrified of what other people would think, terrified of messing up our finances, terrified of not being able to earn enough money as a freelancer. Instead, I realized we had nothing to lose and everything to gain with this decision. Again, worst cases, we went right back to the plan we had been pursuing, diligently saving and investing to achieve fire. But the best case? We ended up with a lifestyle that is uniquely ours. It's tailor-made for the type of life that we want, complete with slow walks to the park, reading books as a family in the middle of the day, and traveling around to see people we love during the summers. And ultimately, with young kids, we decided that we wanted to do whatever it would take to have the lifestyle we want right now, not decades from now when the kids are grown and gone. And at the end of the day, this is really, it's just a personal decision, and you should weigh all the options before making it. If you're getting to Coast Fi, you've already done an incredible job at being intentional with how you want to live your life. Just make sure that intentionality continues as you consider all these different paths available. Which brings us to our next path. Path number three, repurpose your savings. Now the third and final option when you reach Coast Fi is to repurpose your savings. In other words, keep working and earning the same amount, but instead of saving all of it to reach fire faster, you just repurpose it for other things. And when I think about this option, there's really three things that come to my mind that you could repurpose your savings for. And of course, 
everybody's situation is going to be so different and you might decide that there's other things you'd prefer to repurpose your savings for, but here's three that stick out to me. Number one, you could use it to live a more lavish lifestyle today. Imagine you just took everything you'd been saving and you spend it instead on whatever you want. Number two, you could use it to support causes that are important to you. Imagine just donating all the money you had been saving or part of it to charities or causes that are really important to you and your family. Or number three, you could use it to set the next generation up for financial success. Now let's go through and we'll just double click on each of these options together and explore some of the pros and cons of each one. Now, number one, living a more lavish lifestyle today. So imagine you've reached a point where savings is optional, but you still love the work you're doing in the amount you're doing it. Exploring this option, what would it look like to just spend all or part of the money that you were saving before? Of course, I don't mean blow it on dumb stuff that you don't care about, but instead use it to provide joy and satisfaction in your life. A few things that come to mind for me are you could use the extra money to hire a house cleaner, a landscaper, or a nanny, or all three. You could ramp up your travel spending and consider traveling in style or with family and friends. You imagine fancy hotels, bougie Airbnbs, unique adventure experiences, or you could use it to order meal kits that make your dinner less stressful and a little more delicious. Or you could spend it on fun summer camps or expensive sport teams for your kids. Really, these are just a few of the ways I think you could use your money to live a more rich and enjoyable life. And again, I think this can be a really great option for anyone who's reached Coast Fi and knows they don't need to save, but really has no interest in downshifting their work. But here is the big catch with this approach. If you built your Coast Fire number around an annual spending rate of, let's say, $80,000 per year, but then you start spending $120,000 per year after reaching Coast Fi, it's going to be very challenging to go from this new lavish lifestyle back to your original lifestyle at some point in the future. Now, that's not to say it can't be done, but I would think that once you get used to a certain spending amount and lifestyle, it's hard to put that toothpaste back into the tube, if you will. So one thing to consider if you want to go down this path would be trying to find expenses that you know will naturally disappear at a future date. So for example, if you've got kids, maybe you use more of that money on experiences or stuff for them, knowing that someday they'll be on their own and that spending category will naturally disappear. Or maybe you find some one-time purchases that would add value to your life, like upgrading your car or something along those lines. And I think this can be a really fun option if you're looking for ways to repurpose your savings. And obviously, I think you could feel a direct and immediate impact on the richness of your life with this option. But again, I would just caution anyone considering this route that you may want to adjust your FI number target if you plan to increase your spending temporarily because it may be hard to avoid wanting that same lifestyle in the future once you're used to it. Or one potential caveat to consider 
And I know a lot of people in the fire movement don't like to count on any social security in the future, but it's highly unlikely that there will be nothing for even younger generations, Gen Z and millennial at retirement age. Um, It's just more likely that it'll be either a reduced benefit or we're going to pay higher social security taxes today so we can keep the same level of benefits in the future. So all that to say, if you're planning for 80K per year from your portfolio and then you repurpose 40K of savings and now you're spending it and spending 120K per year and let's say your target future retirement age is like a traditional retirement age, like 65 or 67, then you'd be able to file for social security benefits and potentially that could make up the difference between what you could spend from your portfolio and what you've been spending living this more lavish lifestyle now. And then you could just tack social security on top and that would cover the difference. Now, back to this idea that it can be hard to unwind that. It's like that old saying, um, if you're raised on steak, it's hard to shift back to ground beef or something like that. I don't know exactly the saying, but again, it's just this idea that once you get used to a certain lifestyle, it's really hard to dial that back. Now, the second option, if you want to repurpose your savings, is you could use it to support causes that are important to you. So, What if you decided to repurpose your savings and start funneling that money into a cause or causes that are important to you? For some, this could be a great option to gain a lot more satisfaction with their money rather than just accelerating their path to fire or living a more lavish lifestyle today. Now, the cool thing is giving can look different for everyone. Obviously, there's the traditional route. You can donate to your church or a charity that you support. Or it could be less conventional than that. It could be, you know, using extra funds to support local businesses in your area or using it to help friends and family advance their financial situation. Or you could give it to others in your community. Now, again, this could really look different for different people based on your unique interests and causes that you support. But I think this can be a great way to get more satisfaction out of your money once you reach Coast Fi. Now, the the third option is you could repurpose that extra savings and use it to set the next generation up for financial success. So this means you could invest in your children's education. You could help them start a business, help them buy their first home, or just generally give them a head start on their own fire or coast fire journey. Now, this option allows you to use your wealth to make a positive impact on your family, even if you haven't reached full financial independence yet. And personally, I love the idea of setting up a legacy of generational wealth, financial health, and stewardship within your family. And what better way to do it than by saving and investing money for the next generation? It's like planting a tree for them before they're even able to plant it themselves. And when we're talking about investing, the power of compounding for them can be just absolutely staggering. For example, I was curious at one time what it would take to hit Coast Fi for my kids, assuming that they would need an inflation-adjusted $1.5 million by the time they're 65. That's just kind of using my same Coast Fi numbers 
that assume an inflation-adjusted $60,000 per year in spending from the portfolio in retirement. And essentially, I found out that if I wanted to hit Coast Fi for my kids by the time they're 10 years old, I would need around $40,000 invested for each of them. And without them or myself saving another dime, they would be at a point at 10 years old where their future retirement was secure. Now imagine growing up with that level of financial security. Imagine how free you would feel to pursue things based on your interests and desires, not based on what will pay you the most money. Of course, I strongly believe that this kind of setup has to come with so much more than just the financial gift. There should be conversations between you and your kids about what you're doing, the value of money, the value you get in life from doing meaningful work, whether that's paid or not, and the realization that having that kind of leg up is extremely rare and extremely lucky. And I know this concept is probably making some people's skin just crawl as they're imagining these spoiled and entitled kids growing up without a financial worry in the world. And you may be right, but you also may be wrong. I've spent a lot of time reflecting on why we're so convinced that money ruins kids. And I have some kind of unique thoughts on this one. So I've talked to a lot of people that have zero interest in saving money for their kids because they're convinced it would spoil or ruin their kids. But what if the only reason we think that would happen is because we only ever hear the most outrageous or egregious examples of silver spoon trust fund babies who use their parents' money to wreck their lives? What if nobody is talking about the kids who've been set up for financial success and are simply living happy, healthy, and productive lives, just without the same levels of financial stress and anxiety as their peers? What if either nobody knows their stories or they're simply too boring to tell? I think the idea that setting the next generation up for financial success will ruin or spoil them is just too simplistic. And the reality is so much more nuanced than that. And I believe that there are ways to do it intentionally and do it right so that the next generation is financially secure, but not entitled. And I think the best resource for anyone that's interested in that topic I highly, highly recommend you check out the book, Intentional Wealth, How Families Build Legacies of Stewardship and Financial Health by Courtney Pullen. I'll drop a link for that in the show notes. Um, this is a book I have read personally a handful of times and I plan to continue reading as I flesh out my own plans for setting up the next generation for success. And for anyone that's interested in hearing what we're doing for our kids, I do plan to put out an episode in the future about using financial independence to set the next generation up for success with details about what types of accounts we're using for our kids and the discussions we plan to have with them as they get older. Now, kind of wrapping it up in the end, zooming back out 
I think one of the coolest things about hitting Coastify and evaluating these options is that you can go with one at first and then shift to a different one in the future. For example, when I heard about Coastify, we opted to use our newfound freedom to downshift my work, choosing to earn just enough to cover our living expenses while embracing a very free and flexible lifestyle. But naturally over time, I've gotten better at my work and my income has gone up all while working the amount that still fits our desired lifestyle. So now we've got some excess funds coming in that we can either use to accelerate our path to fire or repurpose for other things or both. And ultimately we've landed on a combination of all three options where we're still working the amount that fits our lifestyle and using some of the excess funds to accelerate our path to fire by saving in our Roth IRAs and then using some to set up the next generation for success with 529 college savings plans and custodial brokerage accounts. And I think that's really the beauty of knowing your options and trusting your gut. You may end up being able to do everything you want and then some while coasting to financial independence. So that wraps up our discussion on the three options you have when you reach CoastFi. As always, I really hope this information has been useful and inspiring as you work towards achieving financial independence. Thanks again for listening.